Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 112. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Hi, Sandy. How are you doing? Hey, Rob. I'm, uh, I'm 100%. I'm awesome. 100%. That's great. Yeah, good. You were 110% when I asked you a couple of minutes ago. So I know, I know. I've been went down a bit. <laughs> I've been trying to calm it down for the show. I can't get over it. <laughs> we wouldn't want you to go crazy. Yeah. I'm still over you said 85. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm trying to just keep ahead of you, a little bit ahead of you. You weren't supposed to reveal that. <laughs> um, so how you been? Yeah, I'm great. You know, still here, uh, you know, working through these uh, odd times. We're still in that weird period. If anyone's listening to this later <laughs> down the road, it's April 2020 still so well they lived through it if they're listening to it later they've lived through it so they know what we're going through now hopefully things are great now again yeah 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 if you're listening to this and things are are better well then that's good um you know what though that being said there are still some good opportunities out there I think as far as investment properties go and um and and I mean you we were just talking about that I think you've seen some good opportunity. I've seen the the market maybe slow down a little bit, but um, but certainly stay steady as far as uh, price goes. And um, and I'm not too worried about the stuff that like because I've got one closing in June now, so in about a month and a bit, and uh, I'm still pretty excited about it. You know, I'm not getting any cold feet or worrying about it at all. So I don't know. I think things well, are good. Overall, I think we'll be, you know, get through it fine. And uh, we live in a great country in general for, for, you know, stability and, and that. So I think we're, we're luckier than most of the world still, for sure. Okay. Well, everyone listening should go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. And there you can download any of our episodes. Uh, if you're not into iTunes or any of the other player downloaders, the Android stuff, um, you can go right to the website and you can download all the episodes there and leave us a comment on, uh, you know, just click on whatever episode and leave us a little comment on what you thought about it. Uh, any tips that you have for us or um, maybe suggestions of who you'd want to hear. And they can also go over to the website, breakthroughrapodcast.ca and get the free report there, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate, which will also get you on our email list. So you get, you know, updated as episodes come out, hear about our events, live events, all that sort of thing. Hopefully live events, I guess. We'll see how. Yeah. Well, yeah. Live, live through, uh, well, virtually live. Virtually live. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, absolutely. And everyone should go over to iTunes and subscribe there and leave us a comment. Leave us a, leave us a review there, um, a rating and review there and let us know what you think. Um, you know, that helps us get out there, get recognized and seen by more people. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get all of this good information, like all these guests that have just fantastic information for us. And today is no exception uh, out to more people, right? So more people can learn about this. I think that's very important. So get on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review there. Pretty excited about our guest here. This is something unique and interesting. We've never, never really talked about on the show. Um, not for any length of time, at least. So I think, uh, why don't we just get into it? Yeah, I think we've referenced it maybe once or twice, but really not gotten into it. So this is going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. We've got Robinson Smith with us today, and he is going to talk to us about the Smith Maneuver which is a strategy, you know, to, I guess, basically convert your bad debt into good debt and help you pay off your mortgage quicker. If that's a summary that makes any sense, um, we're going to get some clarity on it <laughs> after this. So thanks for being here with us. You're very welcome. Yeah, we're excited. I'll give you a bit of a background on Robinson here. And Robinson Smith, uh, financial strategist and best-selling author, uh, he reveal, reveals how Canadians can mitigate the challenges that homeowners face in raising their families, raising their net worth, and raising their level of financial security in the face of rising costs of life. And Robinson uh, consulted with 15 years in the investment industry. He's the creator of a number of financial education courses. courses. Uh, the author of Master Your Mortgage and Financial Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom, uh, which is dedicated to increasing Canadians' awareness of personal finances. And Robinson shares how average Canadian homeowners can ease the pressure that comes with the high cost of life and home ownership. And he'll show you how that very mortgage, which seems like such a financial burden restricting your retirement prospects, can actually become the very tool which will allow you to retire in comfort. And so if you own a home and have a mortgage, you definitely can't afford to miss this interview. Um, as well, if you own an investment property, you're really going to want to listen in which I'm hopefully a lot of our listeners do, do own investment properties. So they're going to want to check out this, uh, this interview. And if they don't, they're listening because they're interested in getting one. So I think we're going to hit it from every side. So for those that are unfamiliar, let's just start out with what is the Smith maneuver? Yeah, folks. Well, the uh, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, very happy to be here. Uh, the Smith maneuver is, is a, a mortgage conversion strategy. Now, many people will, will know this, uh, many people will not, but um, I think particularly the type of investors, uh, listeners that you attract, uh, real estate investors, they will understand that there are two types of debt. There's non-deductible debt and there's, there's tax-deductible debt. And the way the tax system works in Canada is if we borrow to consume, so if we borrow to buy cars, vacations, food, gas, and even our principal residence, we cannot deduct the interest on that income. So that is what we call bad debt, and it's very expensive. However, if in Canada we borrow with the expectation of investing with the possibility of generating income, we can deduct the interest uh, on that borrowing. So this is what we call good debt, and it's very cheap debt, and allows us to accrue assets which are not gonna depreciate in assets, like cars. Um, these assets are gonna increase in value, so we get tax deductible debt, which is very cheap, and we get the ability to, uh, well, we're necessarily buying assets which are gonna increase in value. So 
what the Smith maneuver does is it it helps you convert the non-deductible tax a non-deductible mortgage of your principal residence into a tax deductible investment loan. And what this does is it does a few things simultaneously. It lowers your tax bill, which everybody is going to like. Secondly, it enables us to eliminate our non-deductible mortgage much quicker than otherwise. So 25 years goes down to maybe 23, maybe 17, maybe 10, maybe less, depending on the accelerators that you can use with the strategy. And necessarily, we're building up a portfolio of investment assets, which are going to be there for us in our retirement. So these benefits happen simultaneously, and it does not require any new cash flow from the homeowner. That's fantastic. I can't wait to dig into this and find out more what it's about and like how to implement it, really. No, um, that's it. Sorry, I got to go, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Well, Just to give us your website and people can get over there <laughs> and figure yeah, it all out from there. Um, now, the creator of the Smith Maneuver it was your father. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dad uh, Fraser, uh, he became a financial planner back in, in early, mid-80s. And he became interested in the fact that the Americans could deduct the interest on their principal residence mortgages where we as Canadians could not. And that still is the case. And uh, of course, dad didn't think that was very fair. So he committed to setting about finding a way to level the playing field here with our American cousins. And he read the Tax Act, which is a very fascinating read. Mm -hmm. I recommend it highly to everybody. Um, and he really, he put together this, this, started to put together this strategy, which subsequently developed, but basically he realized that, you know, these two types of debt that we have the ability to incur in our lives, um, one works for us and one works against us. So he developed a strategy whereby we can convert this non-deductible mortgage debt uh, to a deductible investment loan, uh, simultaneously incurring all these benefits that I mentioned early, uh, earlier. So this was the mid eighties. He cooperated with Van City um, a Credit Union at the time out here on the West Coast. And uh, this, the CEO at the time, Larry Bell, uh, invited Fraser in right away for a sit down and Fraser explained his strategy. And you know, as I mentioned in the book, Larry pushes his chair back and says, why isn't every Canadian doing this? So, so he and Van City worked uh, closely for a number of years and, and dad was putting his clients uh, into the Smith Maneuver with, with uh, uh, Van City's assistance. And then he retired from planning back, uh, well, a number of years ago to publish his book, um, The Smith Maneuver, uh, the original book that came out in 2002. It became a bestseller seven, eight times over in Canada. Um, he came out of retirement in 2005 to uh, go into and uh, start up a, another advisory practice. And I joined him back in 2006. So uh, from that point on, he and I were we're operating our own separate businesses out of, uh, out of the same office. Uh, and that, uh, he passed away in 2011, but I continued on until the middle of 2018 when I um, sold my book of business to focus on writing my book, which I have done so. Um, so tell us about your, tell us a bit more about that then, about the book. Yeah, sure. Um, writing a book always <laughs> seems to take a little longer than you thought it would. Um, but I came out uh, November 20th, with Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom. And uh, that was November 20th, uh, 2019, last year. Uh, hit number one status in 22 categories on Amazon uh, the day it launched, uh, which I was quite pleased about. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, I was really pleased about that, not just 
sort of because it validated what I was doing because it indicated that there are a lot of people out there hungry for this type of knowledge. I mean, there's Canadians actively searching for ways to improve their personal finances. So it's nice to see this, this activity by Canadians, whether they're buying my book or somebody else's book, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to improve their financial situations because it's not easy these days in Canada. So yeah, that was November 20th, uh, 2019. I'm also um, coming out with Smith Maneuver Homeowner course. I've developed a new uh, Smithman calculator, uh, which hopefully we'll have a moment to go through uh, later, but that tells the user what he can expect as regards benefits from implementing Smith Maneuver versus not. Um, and also I'm putting together the Smith Maneuver Certified Professional Accreditation Program uh, across Canada. There's a lot, of, a lot of Canadians looking to implement the Smith Maneuver, but when they go and seek professional help, whether it be an investment advisor, mortgage broker, realtor, insurance agent, uh, accountant, you know, various aspects that are required for a, a Canadian homeowner to really solidify their financial position and implement the strategy. There's not a, a way to tell if the advisor they're having a discussion with truly understands the strategy. And we found that a lot of them don't, uh, whether they've not bothered to take the time to really learn about it or whether they think they understand it, but actually don't. So, this certification program is, is up and running now, uh, just launched it this month. And so we've got uh, applicants from across, you know, from Halifax all the, all the way across to Victoria here um, that are gonna become certified in those various professions that I mentioned. So that's what's keeping me busy these days, getting the word out to uh, Canadian homeowners and also training up the financial professionals across Canada. So is that, that's your own book that you wrote and then you, and then you also rewrote the original Smith Maneuver book? No, uh, my dad's book came out in 2002. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wrote my own book. It's based on his book, but his book in 2002, he really was a numbers guy. And so it wasn't the easiest read for a, for your average Canadian. It's, it's not much of a challenge for a financial advisor or a financial professional, uh, but what I wanted to do was firstly update the values. He was talking about what happens if you've got a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Well, geez, who has a hundred thousand dollar mortgage anymore? Right? So I want to update the values and make it more accessible to Canadians. So it's, it's, uh, it's written in my style, which is uh, less numbersy than my dad's. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Now I guess in essence, we're really 10, 10 Xing our retirement plan with this strategy. Really? Um, I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd say we're 10Xing our, our retirement um, savings. It, it's difficult to say because every, every homeowner is different. They're starting out from a different position, different financial position. Um, and it, it depends on, on what type of resources they have available. There's a number of different accelerators available which can really accelerate the process. But not every Canadian has access uh, most of them do, but not everyone does to these, um, to these uh, accelerators, but it can significantly increase your, your prospects um, for retirement savings. Typically in Canada, we have the approach that we normally take, which is um, first, we've got these two important financial goals in lives. One is to pay out our mortgage because it's expensive costs us a bundle, takes a big chunk of our paycheck. The other, we realize we have to start saving for our future, for our retirement. But the cost of life and the cost of the mortgage generally means that we can't afford to do both at the same time. So what do we do? We focus on paying down the mortgage first rather than invest. And the reason this is, is because if we don't 
put money aside to invest. No one's going to come knocking on our door. But if we do not make our mortgage payments, someone certainly will come knocking on our door, right? So that's what Canadians do. They, they focus on making their mortgage payment um, with the hopes of eliminating that sooner rather than later. And if it takes 20, 25 years for them to pay out their mortgage before they can start saving for retirement with what was the former mortgage payment, they've lost 20, 25 years of compound growth. And it is tremendously expensive, as we know. I mean, the sooner you get invested, the more growth potential you have. So that's typically what's happening. People are focusing on, their, on paying out their mortgage. They're foregoing potential uh, this compound growth. And by the time they hit retirement, they don't have enough. We see it all the time. We see people who um, have to sign up for reverse mortgages. I mean, there's been an uptick in reverse mortgages for, uh, of 30% year on year. So you're working for the bank your whole life, trying to pay off that mortgage. Then you retire. You don't have the cash flow because insufficient savings. Now you got to start selling your house back to the bank. Okay. And if they don't do that, then they've got to work uh, in their retirement. You know, you walk into Costco or, or McDonald's and you have a look around. You see how many seniors are working there. They're not there because they want to be there. They have to be there. So this conventional approach of, of tackling one of these financial goals before the other is, is not working for Canadians. But with the Smith Maneuver, you can do both at the same time. You can accelerate the elimination of that non-deductible debt and you can start saving for your retirement significant amounts each and every month starting now. So I think let's get into it. Let's get into the maneuver a little bit here and, and sure. tell us a little bit how it works in, in practice. Is, um, let's go through a bit, you know, kind of bit by bit here. Yeah. Actually... Okay. Well, firstly, most Canadians are currently have the wrong type of mortgage. Um, they're in a typical mortgage. They go to the bank, they borrow $400,000, $600,000, and the agreement is you're going to pay this off over the next 25, 30 years, or whatever it is. What Canadians require is what's called a readvanceable mortgage. And there are a lot of lenders out there who have their own type of readvanceable mortgage. Not all are created equal for what we need to happen, which is why you need a mortgage professional who truly understands what you're trying to accomplish with the Smith Maneuver. But if you've got the wrong type of mortgage, you refinance uh, into a readvanceable mortgage. Maybe that takes a few weeks or a month, whatever the case may be. There are costs associated uh, with that, but typically they can be rolled into that financing so no new cash is required out of pocket. So now you've got this readvanceable mortgage and the agreement with the lender is, let's say you're borrowing $400,000. The lender says, I'm okay with you, homeowner, always owing me $400,000. So what happens is if I make my $3,000 mortgage payment against that $400,000 mortgage, let's say 2,000 of that goes to interest, non-deductible interest, it's gone. That's the price you pay for borrowing the money from the bank. But $1,000 of that mortgage payment actually reduces the principal on that mortgage. So now you owe 399,000. With the readvanceable, there's typically a line of credit which is secured by the house as well. So it's one mortgage, but there's two components. Your typical amortizing mortgage loan, but on the other side of this, there's this line of credit. And so the lender says, well, if you've just paid down $1,000, I'm willing to lend you that $1,000 back. And so the limit on the line of credit, which may have started out at zero, if you borrowed the full amount they're, they're willing to, that 400, that limit opens up by a thousand bucks. So now we can take that $1,000 out and do what we want with that $1,000. And indeed, many Canadians already have a readvanceable mortgage, whether they understood why they were getting it or not, or why their broker put it into it or their bank or what have you. And sometimes it comes to a surprise to them that, oh, after my mortgage payment, I can pull that back out. 
great. I can go get a BMW, right? There's my monthly payment. And so what's happening is they're, they're paying down their non-deductible debt on that amortizing side, which is good, but all they're doing is reborrowing non-deductible debt on that line of credit side. And the mortgage balance costs is staying. a lot more as well. Uh, currently, yes. Yeah. You know, since, since 08, 09, there's, there's been this inversion of rates. The, the secured interest-only lines of credit are typically a bit more expensive than, than the amortizing side. So, so all they're doing is replacing non-deductible debt on one side of this mortgage with non-deductible debt on the other side. And if they keep on doing this each and every month, making that, that car payment or going out for dinner or going on vacation, then they're going to have $400,000 of non-deductible debt for the rest of their lives. What we do with the Smith Maneuver is when we pull that $1,000 out, we invest it. Now, there's a great number of different things we can invest in. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, your business, uh, somebody else's business, investment real estate, lots of different things you can borrow to invest in that have the reasonable expectation of generating income. And because you have the expectation of generating income, the interest you pay on that borrowing, uh, first month's $1,000 is tax deductible. So it's very cheap. What that means is at the end of the year, you continue this on a, on a monthly basis at the end of the year, Revenue Canada says, oh, we took too much off your paycheck every two weeks. You've got all these tax deductions. We got to send you money back. So you receive a tax refund, which otherwise you would not have received. And if you're committed to your long-term wealth accumulation, you take that tax refund and you make a prepayment against this mortgage. So this is money you wouldn't otherwise have. And because you're making this prepayment against this mortgage, that amortization from 25 years originally gets severely shortened because you keep on doing this on an annual basis. Fundamentally, how it works on a monthly basis, whatever new equity is created in the home is available to reborrow to invest. Because you're reborrowing to invest on a monthly basis, your investment portfolio increases on a monthly basis, your tax deductions increase on a monthly basis, which means on an annual basis, your tax refunds get larger and larger. You've got more to prepay that mortgage. And when you prepay that mortgage on an annual basis by that refund amount, you borrow that back out as well to invest. So, you know, this this doesn't require any new cash and a lot of people are going to be thinking uh, well how can that be possible i'm making a regular mortgage payment whether i'm doing the smith maneuver or not if i have a typical mortgage and i'm making three thousand dollar mortgage payment that's all i have to pay for, towards my mortgage on a monthly basis but if i start doing the smith maneuver and i'm reborrowing on that line of credit i've got an increasing balance on that side of the mortgage as well right that's incremental so if i am not the Smith guy tells me I don't have to come out of pocket on a monthly basis, anything other than I am already, that mortgage payment. How is that possible? And the answer lies in the magic of the increasing efficiency of the regular mortgage payment. You guys are real estate guys. You have an understanding of how a mortgage functions and operates. And the fact is that each subsequent month, even though I've got a constant mortgage payment of $3,000, a little bit less goes to interest each subsequent month and a little bit more goes to reduce principal. So that first month, if I had $1,000 to reborrow to invest, the second month I make my mortgage payment, it's not $1,000 that reduces principal, it's $1,003 that reduces principal. Thereby, the line of credit limit increases by that same $1,003. So I pull that $1,003 out. The mortgage lender wants the interest from the month's previous $1,000 borrowing, so they take three bucks uh, for that interest, which leaves me $1,000 to invest again. 
So this keeps on occurring on a monthly basis. Month three, I've got 1,006 that I can reborrow. Six months goes to service the interest on the first two months borrowing. So this does not require any new cash flow from the homeowner. We're simply restructuring our personal finances using what we already have available to us to create where wealth where otherwise this opportunity would not exist. Yeah, I guess as long as they're in the right investment, right? Like it's, um, it has to be something that covers the, the payment of the, of the HELOC side of the loan. Well, no, uh, Rob, this is what I just explained. That, that monthly investment of a thousand bucks, I get that invested. The return that I make on that investment has nothing to do with making the interest payment on that line of credit. Because each month with that $3,000 mortgage payment, more is reducing principal, 1,000, 1,002, 1,004, 1,008, which means more is available to be reborrowed on a monthly basis. If I keep my investment contribution the same at 1,000, I have an increasing amount left over in my bank account, which goes right back to service the increasing interest expense on that line of credit. So on smithman.net, we've got uh, an FAQ section and it talks about, and of course I talk about it at length in the book. It talks about how this increasing efficiency of the regular mortgage payment, which you're making anyways, that is what services the increasing interest expense on the line of credit. It does not come from the performance of your investments. It does not come from your wallet or your purse. It's a bit of a, <laughs> gotta get the brain well, initial, it. Initially, it has to come from there. And like, I mean, something has to cover it initially, right? Like you have to have a good investment to cover what you've borrowed in the first place, the payment, well, on, the payment on it in the first place. And then gradually it might catch up as long as you stay no, at that. No, Rob, the, the starting from month one, the increasing interest expense on that line of credit is fully serviced by the mortgage payment that you are making. Anyways, the returns that you are making on your investment have absolutely nothing to do with the ability to service the increasing interest expense on that line of credit. Okay, I understand we're going to get into the calculator here. So now, and, then, and, and there's, there's another aspect which, which you might be sort of melding into this concept is, okay, well, what do my investments have to do in order to make this worthwhile, right? Because I'm keeping my debt constant. I'm paying down the non-deductible debt. I'm increasing my deductible debt. So I've always got this $400,000 of debt, mind you, decreasing non-deductible and increasing deductible, which is great. but in order for this to all make, make it worthwhile, my investments are gonna to have to perform to the certain extent where they're going to cover and be even greater than the total debt I have secured against my house. So that's a different matter versus servicing the increasing interest expense on that line of credit. Yeah, that cleared it up for me. <laughs> clear, as, clear as mud. Rob, you get it now? I understand what you're saying. You're saying that the I know where you're going. You're going to interest is serviced by the by the um, by the by the regular mortgage payment, mm -hmm. but yeah. but your initial investment amount that you're taking to invest, okay? That thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because then you only, owe the, that's coming you only in. owe the interest on it. Yeah, that's right. I guess you're right. Okay, I get. It. I do get it now. Let's. <laughs> Yay! Party time. Yes. Oh my gosh, if you can get me to understand it, then maybe maybe there's hope for uh, you know, everybody. No, that was good to clear it up because I think you know some people might might have needed some clarity too, but that it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, can you explain the idea then of uh, keeping their debt rather than getting rid of it? Like that's 
I guess we kind of talked about this. That's what we're, we're doing kind of, here, right? Yeah. 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 You're, it's, it's, yeah. Like you mentioned, it's kind of reversing the mindset of, of most people, right? It is reversing the mindset. You know, we've, we've all grown up to a certain degree being told by someone older and seemingly wiser that debt is bad. Don't, all debt is bad. Don't get any debt. If you have to get debt, pay it off as soon as you can. Don't get any more. You get a mortgage, pay it off as soon as you can. Try to be debt free. That's the way to go, right? Well, that is the mindset of the non-wealthy. The wealthy understand very clearly, very clearly the difference between deductible debt and non-deductible debt. So while the majority of Canadian homeowners don't have this distinction clear in their minds, they're, as I said, they're approaching uh, eliminating their mortgage as the primary goal. I'll start saving for retirement eventually down the road once I don't have this mortgage payment anymore. But as I said, that's too late. You miss out on all this compound growth. But the wealthy understand that if I've got an $800,000 house and a $400,000 mortgage, and I am busying myself spending after-tax dollars trying to eliminate this non-deductible debt, pretty soon I've got an $800,000 house with $350,000 of debt. $300,000, Now I have an $800,000, $900 million house, whatever it's grown to, with zero uh, liability secured against it. But how much, how much equity do I have in that home? I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in that equity and I haven't done anything with it. So what's it doing for me? Goose egg, 0%. It's earning you 0% interest. In fact, you're getting a negative 0% return when you consider inflation. So the wealthy understand, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do who are investors in, in real estate, if I've got equity in my primary residence, I can pull... 50, 70, 100K out, and I can go put a down payment on a rental property. Go get a mortgage from, from a lender and get a rental property. And guess what? The borrowing on that 50, 70, 100 that I pull out of my principal residence is tax deductible because I'm borrowing with a reasonable expectation of generating income from my business, which is that rental property. So, so that's what the wealthy do. The wealthy do not have, it's not like the wealthy are debt free. The wealthy have debt just like everybody else. The big difference is the wealthy have tax deductible debt. Everybody else has non-deductible debt because they're borrowing to consume, whether it's their principal residence or cars or vacations. So we're grown up being told that all debt is bad. We focus on, on eliminating the mortgage and we feel really good about, be, about being mortgage free. We feel really good about having three, four, six hundred thousand dollars of equity earning us negative percent. That makes us feel great. And then we hit retirement and we don't have the cash flow. We're signing up for reverse mortgage. We're living in our kids' basements. We're working at, uh, at Burger King behind the counter asking if you want fries with that. So the wealthy are wealthy precisely because they understand very clearly the difference between two types of debt. So we need to emulate the wealthy. If we're talking to people close to us, our friends, colleagues, neighbors, whatever, and they are espousing the principle of being debt-free, being mortgage-free, look at their circumstance. Are they wealthy? If they're not wealthy, do not listen to them. Why would you listen to someone who's not wealthy on how to become wealthy? So we listen to the wealthy, we emulate the wealthy, we understand that we need to learn what they learn, and one of the major things is there are two types of debt. So embrace deductible debt, put it to work. 
What about the legality of the Smith maneuver? Is there anything like, cause a lot of people might say, well, you know, this is a little bit of a, a way of like a loophole of paying, uh, you know, of getting out of paying mm-hmm. tax. So is there anything to worry about as far as that's concerned? Well, firstly, there is a big difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Tax evasion is illegal. This is when you run to the bedroom and get your passport and get on a plane as fast as you can, right? But tax avoidance is very much legal. In fact, it's stated legally that we Canadians have the legal right to structure our personal financial affairs to our best tax advantage. And that is simply what we're doing here. It is 100% legal. In fact, the wealthy, as I mentioned, they've been doing this for years, whether they knew it was the Smith maneuver or uh, an accelerator of the Smith maneuver or not, they can afford the fancy tax lawyers and accountants who know these, these techniques to instruct them and to perform, for, perform this for the wealthy, uh, their wealthy client. So it's, it's oh, for over 100 years, it's been written in the CRA and the Tax Act, if we borrow with a reasonable expectation of generating income, we can deduct the interest on that borrowing. And that is simply what we're doing here. So nobody has a problem with this. The government, the CRA, the government is actually quite pleased if you're doing this. Why? Because if you're not borrowing to invest, you're not stimulating the economy. This is precisely why they have the enable tax deductions on borrowing to invest. Because if you're, if you're getting money from somewhere to invest in businesses, those businesses can grow. Uh, start making more money and there's more tax for the government there. These businesses have to hire other people. There's more tax that the government can collect there. So the government is very pleased about this. In fact, um, the, the CRA, my, my dad used to love telling this story. He was, he was at his office and all of a sudden these, these two gentlemen in suits walk in and ask the receptionist, yeah, we'd like to sit down with Fraser Smith, please. Well, can I ask who you are? Well, we're two agents from the CRA. Oh, okay. Let me go tell Fraser you're here. So uh, it was a bit of a surprise, but uh, but he he brought them into his office, and and Dad got his pencil and a piece of paper out, and he started explaining how the Smith maneuver worked, because that's exactly why they were there. He said, "Fraser, we want to hear about the Smith maneuver thing." So he explained it, went through it, and uh, uh, and he says, "I'll never forget. I got to this one point, and and one of the agents leans forward in the chair and asks me." would this work on a $70,000 mortgage? You know? <laughs> so, so he had convinced those gentlemen, they, they left uh, and he never heard from them again, which is as big an endorsement you're ever going to get from the CRA. Right? So mm-hmm. you know, when I was advising, I put, I put actual employees of the CRA uh, in the Smith Maneuver as clients, judges, cops, 100% legal. And the mortgage lender doesn't care that you're, you're uh, borrowing on a monthly basis. Why? Because they've got the house as security. So they don't care if you pull that money out, that $1,000 a month, and invest it, buy a car, go on vacation, or throw that cash in the fireplace. They don't care, as long as you continue to make the interest payment, because they've got the house as, uh, as security. So in terms of dollars, then, um, what is this strategy worth to the average Canadian, do you think? Um, it varies. You know, we see you know, over the course of, of the amortization of someone's mortgage, maybe three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, but frequently we're we're well into the millions, uh, depending on the um, on the accelerators that these Canadians are able to uh, to implement. Um, and there are a number of accelerators. There's uh, cash flow diversion. There's the debt swap. There's cash flow dam. There's the drip accelerator and prime the pump. But 
what I'd like to do now is if I can uh, share my screen, just really quickly go through uh, a scenario, a typical Canadian scenario on the uh, Smithman calculator that we have. Good. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, screen share. Okay, so what we're looking at here, um, you log into the Smithman calculator. Uh, it's available on the website, smithman.net, uh, and you see general instructions, but then it allows you to go in and create a scenario. So I'm gonna call this breakthrough. Uh, scenario. Okay. So here we've got um, the income section. So I'm just going to type in this guy's got $100,000 annual income. You can enter different types of, of income you're receiving. This one will be of interest eventually once we get there to your uh, listeners. This is annual rental income. So I've got an investment property and I make $24,000 in rental receipts on an annual basis. Uh, and I don't need any of this for living expenses because I've got a job. Uh, so I make 24 grand and it costs me $20,000, the mortgage payment, the upkeep of the rental property, etc. So here it's summarizing the fact that I've got 124 grand of uh, total income employment plus, plus rental, less 20,000 in uh, uh, expenses. So I'm making $104,000 a year. I also happen to have some mutual funds uh, and they're valued at 25,000 so far. Uh, maybe 30 grand <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Um, I've also got an emergency fund of 10,000 bucks. I like to keep that in cash. <clears throat> On the liability side, I've also got uh, credit card um, liabilities that I can't seem to get rid of. That costs me 300 bucks a month to service. And uh, the balance on my credit cards is 10,000. And my marginal tax rate, it automatically calculates uh, it. Uh, this is BC, it calculates it for BC. So if you're in a different province, you'll, you'll have a different marginal tax rate which you can input. But uh, on the mortgage side, my house is valued at, let's call it $800,000. I've got a mortgage balance of 450 currently at 3.95%, whatever, whatever you've got, that's what you punch in there. Tells me mortgage payment. The secured line of credit here of this readvanceable mortgage, what is, what is the rate on that? Well, I can punch in whatever I wish, whatever current prime is, uh, 2.45 now I think, plus a factor of uh, 0.5. So my line of credit rate uh, is 2.95. So now I've entered in my, my income, my assets, my liabilities, I've input my, the value of my home, the, the mortgage details, that, that mortgage balance, what the amortization is, I've got the, the rate on my line of credit that's secured by that house, that readvanceable mortgage. Then I go to uh, investment assumptions up here and it defaults at 8%, but I can move it up or down. Uh, let's call it 6%. Uh, I estimate my investments to grow at 6%. This section here says required. Calculations, calculations indicate you have 886 to invest in the first month from the regular mortgage payment principal reduction alone. So this is out of that monthly mortgage payment, some is going to interest, but 886 in this case is reducing the principal on that mortgage. Therefore, I have the ability to borrow back month one, 886, and get it invested. And I want to invest uh, the full 886. 
So as soon as I indicate that I want to do that on a monthly basis, I see results on the results panel here. I've got taxation improvement of just under $139,000 of tax deductions over the amortization period of my mortgage, which based on my marginal tax rate is going to lead to $53,000 in refunds. So over the course of time, that's the total amount I have to make prepayments on an annual basis against my mortgage. Amortization improvement, it says zero, um, zero years saved. As soon as I click here that I want to apply my tax refunds to the Smith Maneuver, that's where we see a result because I'm making an annual overpayment against my mortgage. So 25-year AM is reduced to 23 years. Next on the results panel, net worth improvement. By the end of the original amortization, 25 years in the case of this example, my portfolio value will be worth $781,000. That's that 886 getting invested on a monthly basis and the tax refunds getting invested on an annual basis. But I've got to offset the fact that I've got at this point a $450,000 investment loan, fully tax deductible, because that was my non-deductible mortgage, which I've converted over time. So the net improvement in my family net worth is $331,000 versus not doing the Smith Mover, just paying off my mortgage conventionally, not having dollars to invest. So it's a 331 improvement. Um, debt consolidation. I've got the ability at this, uh, many will at, at, uh, at refinance, have the ability to consolidate existing debt when they get this new readvanceable mortgage. In this case, I've got $190,000 of immediately available credit on that line when I refinance based on the value of my house and what I already owe on it, 450. So, I have the ability to consolidate this $10,000 of non-deductible debt because I'm paying a high credit card rate. I don't want to anymore. I want to pay that low three and a half percent. So I consolidate it and I've got the ability that to salvage these payments. That $10,000 was costing me at minimum $300 a month to service those, that credit card debt. Well, I've eliminated my credit card debt because I paid it out with the mortgage. So now I can take that 300, which I was coming out of pocket anyways, and instead divert that as a prepayment against my mortgage on a monthly basis and reborrow that to get invested. And if I do that, if I select to salvage these payments, now my amortization improvement is 5.75 years saved. So I'm out of this non-deductible debt in just over 19 years. And my net worth improvement has gone from uh, has gone up to 591,000 because my investment portfolio is 1.05 million offset by my deductible investment loan of 460, which was 450 the mortgage, but I consolidated $10,000 as well. So the net is, is over $501,000 of improvement. The debt swap accelerator, I indicated on the first sheet that I've got 20,000, uh, sorry, $25,000 of mutual funds that I've built up over time. It's it's going up in value, down in value, but over time it's doing pretty well for me. But what I have the opportunity to do is to liquidate this $25,000 of uh, mutual funds or stock or whatever you're invested in. Now I'm gonna to wanna to look at the taxation, might have capital gains tax, but let's say I liquidate this $25,000 in uh, into cash. I take that 25 grand, I make a prepayment against my mortgage and then I reborrow that 25 grand because the line of credit limit is gonna increase by 25,000 as soon as I pay down my mortgage by $25,000. And then I get that reinvested. Maybe I buy the exact same investment that I sold a week earlier. So all I'm doing is selling an asset that I already have, taking the cash, making a prepayment, borrowing it back, and then repurchasing the investment for the same $25,000 that I redeemed it for. So I can accomplish this in about seven to 10 days, maybe less. So now 
instead of 25 years, my mortgage debt is gone in 17.5 years. And my net worth improvement has improved from just over $500,000 to over 700, it's almost $740,000. I've got the ability also with the debt swap, uh, if I'm expecting an inheritance of 10 grand, 20 grand in six months or two years, I can input that into the calculator and it will apply it at that point in time as a debt swap. Uh, again, on the debt swap, I've got $10,000 in, in uh, emergency funds, which I listed on that first page. What I can do is if I'm comfortable with it, uh, and if I secure maybe a personal line of credit, which I agree to use only in an emergency, I can take that 10,000 in cash that was sitting there earning me zero or next to zero, prepay my mortgage, borrow it back and invest. And I see the, uh, the number of years saved on my mortgage go from 7.5 to eight years saved. So that's gone in 17 years now. And my net worth improvement is a hair under $800,000. That's an investment portfolio of 1.259 million offset by my deductible investment loan of 460. So the net worth improvement is just under 800. Cash flow diversion. The way I built up my existing mutual fund portfolio uh, was by investing straight off my paycheck, let's say 300 bucks a month. So what we're doing right now, just for everybody that's there, is each of these tabs is what you're calling one of the accelerators. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going, going through, we're going through, and was that last one, was the emergency cash one? That or? was the debt swap. So the debt swap involves taking uh, cash, which you have available to you, either in cash or can you, you can turn it into cash because it's a uh, liquid investment. And you take that cash and you prepay by this large lump sum. You reborrow it and get it right back invested again. Okay. So in your example, it was the $10,000 of emergency cash that you had for, for a rainy day. That's right. The okay. first one of the debt swap was the 25 I had in mutual funds. I sell them. I take the 25 cash, prepay, reborrow, and reinvest again. I like that. Yeah. So this and cash this, flow debt- this doesn't even really touch on the, the performance of your investment itself. Well, it does. The, the, the net worth improvement section here that we're talking about currently $798,000 is based on the amount of money I'm investing on a monthly or periodic basis as inputted into the calculator so far. Oh, with you put it, at 6%. At 6% growth. Okay, That's right. right. I remember That's that. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I missed so, that. Thing. Yeah. So the cash flow diversion accelerator is if you've got a relatively constant amount on a, month, amount on a monthly basis that you're uh, investing anyways, first take that money and overpay your mortgage and then invest. So again, it's no new money. You're investing this, this amount on a monthly basis anyways. You're just making it work more than once. And so $300 a month in this cash flow diversion accelerator, uh, instead of my amortizing, amortization being uh, finished in 17 years with a net worth improvement of 800, I've got 14.75 years and just over a million in net worth improvement. So in this example, I could say all of my bills on a monthly basis are $450. So I'm going to prepay my mortgage and then take it out to pay the bills. Does it work nope. the same way? Because then you're borrowing to consume. You're not borrowing with the expectation of generating income. You got to service your bills. I'm still accelerating. The, I'm well, still you accelerating are. the payment of my, uh, my mortgage. Yes. Yes, you are. You're accelerating the reduction in, in principal on that you owe on that mortgage, but all you're doing is borrowing it right back. Yeah. Right. To, to, for non-deductible purpose. Plus if you are reborrowing to invest and creating deductible debt and applying cash to go towards paying expenses 
and bills, which isn't deductible, now you're mixing deductible and non-deductible debt on that uh, line of credit, which you do not want to do. That's right. You need to be able to pr- trace where the, the borrowed money went to. Was it used for deductible purposes or not? So anything that's going against the mortgage as a prepayment above and beyond the regular mortgage payment, all that cash should be destined towards a deductible use, which is either to invest or service the interest on that line of credit, as we were talking about earlier. It's so, almost like another accelerator could be, could be, I don't know, um, uh, my brain's not good enough to think about that. I'm wondering if there might almost be another loan that could service it the same way, like in some way of what I was just saying. Well, the fact, the fact is that if you're using 300 bucks, which is destined to, to pay your grocery bill or your visa or whatever, if you're applying that as a prepayment against your mortgage, you need to get it back. You need to get back at it. And so you've got to pull it from your, your secured line of credit, your revanceable mortgage, right? And so if that eventually goes to service that bill, you've just borrowed to consume. So, you know, read the book and everyone read the book and get, get up to speed on, on the process and why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. Um, but for now, suffice it to say that if you're going to prepay your mortgage, you need to reborrow with the expectation of generating income. This is a great calculator. <laughs> There's a lot of great, like everyone That's on pretty this, slick, eh? yeah. everyone watching or listening should definitely be uh, going to this. Probably even just, even just playing around with it for starters to learn it. It would help to learn the, yeah yeah it would that's right and that's so so the accelerator that we haven't touched on yet is the cash flow dam and this is the one that's going to be very interesting one of two uh very interesting to a lot of your listeners because i stated that i've got a rental property and it sends me two two thousand dollars a month in rental receipts and it costs me one thousand six hundred and sixty seven as indicated here uh per month in expenses so the mortgage and the upkeep and stuff like that the vast majority of canadians who own a rental property or a proprietorship of some sort maybe it's a home-based business it's not incorporated it's a proprietorship what they're doing is missing out on thousands of dollars of benefit because they're taking the rental receipts from their renter two thousand bucks a month in this case and turning right around and making the mortgage payment on that rental property 1667 right well what they should be doing is with this readvanceable mortgage that you require for the Smith maneuver, use this cash flow dam accelerator, which means the renter pays you $2,000. Instead of making the mortgage payment on your rental property, you make a prepayment against your own mortgage, your principal residence. So $2,000 goes against that mortgage that you, on, on the house that you live in, above and beyond your regular mortgage payment, above and beyond the cash flow diversion accelerator, above and beyond the, the debt swap accelerator. 2,000 goes down, you're able to borrow $2,000 back and 1,667 of that then goes to service the mortgage on your rental property. And the interest on that borrowing is tax deductible because you are borrowing to, ex- to invest with the reasonable expectation of generating income, which is the rent from your business. So if I apply that, we take a look at the uh, amortization improvement here. It's currently at 10.25 years saved. So the amortization has been shortened to 14.75. But if I implement the cash flow, uh, cash flow dam accelerator, that 14.75 AM goes down to 8.08 years. So that 25 year non-deductible mortgage I got uh, day one is eliminated in 8.08 years. Then there's the dividend reinvestment plan accelerator. I can take the the annual dividends from my securities and apply them as a prepayment, reborrow and buy the exact same stock back rather than 
have it invest reinvest automatically. But another one of interest to your listeners is probably going to be prime the pump. You'll recall that we had initially available credit the day that we refinanced into this readvanceable mortgage. Based on the house value, the current amount of the mortgage that I owed against that house, they said, okay, we'll lend you this 450 to pay out your current mortgage lender, which doesn't operate for the maneuver. But we'll also give you a line of credit, which we understand that's going to happen with readvanceable. But in this case, because of the value of the house is significantly higher than what I owe against it, they're immediately going to allow me to borrow $180,000 if I want. And I can, again, I can do whatever I want with this. What the prime the pump um, accelerator is, is all about is I can take all of that or some of it or none of it and invest. This is up to me. Now, this is additional leverage. This is borrowing money that I didn't already um, uh, owe. So this is a discussion that the homeowner is really going to want to have with their Smith Maneuver Certified Investment Advisor. Does it make sense financially for me to do this? Is it overextending myself? Or uh, maybe I only do 10 grand because any more scares me or whatever. But you can do some, all, or none of it. It's completely optional. And I've selected to, to uh, if we're going to prime the pump here, uh, invest in securities. And as I move the slider, you know, if we look at the net worth improvement example on the right, we're going to see that increase. So here's priming the pump of $18,000 my net worth improvement has gone to 1.4 million from the original 1.36. So I keep on sliding it. How much do I want to pull out to invest? Let's say I want $50,000 to pull out and invest day one. Well, now my net worth improvement is 1.5, seven million dollars. But where it's of particular interest to your listeners is they can pull this 180, they can pull this out, some of it, and make a down payment on investment property. So now, if they don't already have investment property, now they do have a piece of investment property and they can implement the cash flow dam. If they do already have one piece of uh, like a rental property, now they've got two and they can double the power of their cash flow uh, dam accelerator. So, so there's a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different scenarios. Every Canadian's going to be uh, different, have different accelerators available to them. But as we can see, you know, if, if I start out with a 25 year mortgage and it's gone in 7.75 years and I am better off on a net worth basis of $1.57 million versus if I never did the Smith maneuver, um, you know, you play around with the values and the growth assumptions and the rate assumptions and see, see what the, what it looks like for you. And then there's a, a, a report here, which can be, uh, viewed and, and printed. So it tells you, it summarizes the, uh, the results. Uh, what you have in indicated you're going to do to implement uh, the Smith maneuver. And it also tells you what to do on a monthly basis. Cause there's some monthly activity, which is, um, you know, I got, maybe I want to prepay my mortgage each month with cash flow diversion. I got to get back at that sort of thing. So have you ever, have you ever run into, because I know some banks have a restriction, like a prepayment up to a certain amount. Oh yeah. Oh, we hit that all the time. We, some clients would hit that uh, prepayment allowance maximum in four months, particularly if they're implementing the cash flow, uh, cash flow dam. Why is that a good thing? Well, you're, you're prepaying your non-deductible debt by so much that the bank is losing money. <laughs> they got to charge you a penalty. And the penalty, when you look at a three months interest on a, on a prepayment penalty uh, on a monthly basis, it's a couple hundred bucks, if that, a lot of the time. 
And so you just suck it up and you pay it. I would gladly pay $200 uh, in a penalty instead of overpaying by uh, 2,500, I overpay by 23 because 200 has got to go to the penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm still overpaying by 23 and getting that invested. Mm-hmm. So we, we run up to, up to that, uh, we hit that prepayment penalty all the time. Okay. And it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. So in most cases you can continue to go, you just have to pay a penalty. That's right. And, and like I said earlier, not, not every readvanceable mortgage is the same. Some mm-hmm. they'll say, okay, 20% per year, you can prepay uh, no problem. But as soon as you hit that, you can't prepay anymore. I don't care if you have the money. I don't care if you're willing to pay a penalty. We're not going to let you. Mm-hmm. And so, and some lenders say, yeah, we'll do 20%. And if you want to prepay more than that, go ahead. There's, there's a three months interest penalty on there. Great. So you really have to be careful when you're setting up for the Smith maneuver to talk to a Smith maneuver certified professional mortgage broker, because they understand what types of readvanceables work for this and what types don't. Gotcha. Okay. So what are some of the risks here then for, or, you know, doing it or, you know, not doing it, I guess too. What are the, well, we saw the financial yeah. impact there going through that. The financial risk of not doing it is pretty, pretty, pretty impactful. I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, the risks, you know, we're getting invested now. Someone who's not implementing the Smith mover doesn't have 900, a thousand, 1200 bucks or 2000 to get invested on a monthly basis. So they don't have market risk, but we are getting invested. We've got market risk. Um, and we've seen a lot of that play out in the last month and a half. But the fact is that, um, and I don't mean to downplay market risk. I mean, you can, you can borrow to invest in something smart or you can borrow to invest in something stupid. That's not up to me. That's up to you, right? But this is why you want to talk to a Smith Maneuver Certified Professional Investment Advisor. You know, they've got this designation. They understand the markets better than we do as, as just generic Canadians, typical Canadians. So there's market risk. They're going to go up, they're going to go down. Um, but, you know, if you invest wisely, we've all seen the, the index charts, you know, on a, on a decade by decade basis, Canadian equities have done approximately 10% on each 10 year split. So we invest wisely. We invest with the knowledge that markets are going to go up and down. We invest with the knowledge that is, this is a long-term financial strategy. It's as long as it gets till death. So, you weather that, you, you, you turn a blind eye when things get bad and sour and you don't open your statements because if you do, you succumb to what so many amateur investors do, which is sell low. So market risk, that can be, uh, that can be mitigated with a good advisor, uh, with some, some behavioral education on, on part of the investor. Uh, there's rate risk, interest rates. If you have a mortgage, you're, subject, you're already subject to rate risk right? If not on a monthly basis or periodic basis with a variable mortgage, you are on a, on a five year, three year, four year basis with a, with a fixed mortgage, but you've got the, the, the open component, the variable uh, component of the line of credit now. So that's additional rate risk. The nice thing about the Smith maneuver is when Fraser developed this, when my dad developed this back in the mid eighties, rates were double digits, mm-hmm. right? They were 12, 13, 14%. Now he wouldn't have pushed through with developing this and putting clients into this strategy if it wasn't working. So it works with high rates. Why is that? Because yes, while the monthly interest payment costs more, therefore there's less to reinvest each month. My tax refunds are bigger. I got, I get a higher tax refund at the end of the year. So rates are high rates are low. 
we get variation on we're able to invest more on a monthly basis, less from the refund, or less on a monthly basis, more from the refund. Um, behavioral risk, as I kind of touched on, is a big one. This is a long-term program. It requires dedication, commitment, um, recognition that you're doing this uh, for your family, for your future financial security. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is long-term, slow and steady blue chip wealth accumulation. So, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be committed to this. And, and again, your Smith Mover certified professional advisors can help keep you on track um, and make sure that you don't go off the rails. Uh, human behavior being what it is, um, people tend to get complacent after a while. They start taking their annual tax refunds of eight thousand bucks and saying, "You know what? We're not going to prepay the mortgage this year. We're gonna we're gonna go to Hawaii." And you know what? Maybe you do that every once in a while, but don't do it every year. Mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah, yeah the thing I think too is like one of the one of the things was the three hundred dollars in debt service that you that you had in the example there right for credit cards or whatever it was right you know and then saying okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna use my i'm gonna i'm gonna turn that around so that it's used over here instead so now i after a while i would imagine it's hard to go well wait a minute that 300 dollars, like it's no longer I, I'm no longer Mandatory. obligated right. yeah. to come up with that money. Sure. So I would imagine over time, it does get a little bit harder to find that $300 every single month. So yeah, it takes a lot of probably um, a lot of will, like not willpower, but a lot of diligence I it guess, does. to keep up with this. It does. It does. And, you know, there are people for whom the Smith Maneuver didn't work out terribly well for them or not as good as they thought they would. And then you start asking the right questions and by them answering your questions, they start to realize that it's their fault, mm -hmm. right? They stopped applying the tax refunds. They stopped um, investing for a few months for something else, or they, they, they fell off the wagon. Or what happens quite frequently is people will look at their investment portfolio after a few years and see 150 grand built up. Oh, wow. Hey, honey, you know what? We can get that Winnebago now. So they sell the assets to buy a toy. And I'm not saying that that is the wrong thing to do because we need to enjoy our lives while we're living them. But we need to be diligent and cognizant of the fact that every decision we make is going to have an impact. And if I'm okay with reducing my net benefit over the course of the amortization, 25 years, let's say, if I'm okay with reducing that from 1.4 million to 1.1 million, by sort of abusing, quote unquote, the program, if I'm okay with that, then go ahead, enjoy yourself, right? But the, the point is, we've got every Canadian homeowner here with at least 80% equity in their home, uh, sorry, 20% equity in their home, because you need 20% um, equity to get the readvanceable mortgage, has the opportunity to get on this path of wealth creation and improve their financial well-being, because there are a lot of uncertainties out there Taxation is high. You know, we, the typical Canadian pays over 50% of their income in, in tax. Federal tax, provincial, municipal, tax at the pump, right? Tax everywhere. So how are we supposed to get ahead? The way we can get ahead is by restructuring our finances and taking money that is now available to us, that wasn't before, 
and is not coming from our pockets, get that invested smartly. Don't take this money and go to Vegas. Do not take this money out on a monthly basis and invest in your cousin's internet startup, right? There are people out there who understand what does well in the long term. A lot of cousins out there with internet startups are going to be. Yeah. I think when you put, when you go through that planning and you, you see the end number, right? You can see that oh, 1.4 million. But if I make that subtle decision today, but it, that'll put me down to 1.1 million, like a long ways down the road. But I think that probably helps, right? If they actually plan it out and, and they're able to see what that actual effect is going to be because it seems small in the moment, right? Right. Well, and I think, yeah, the important thing is maybe like we didn't, we didn't take advantage of it going through that calculator. I didn't see you going, okay, we're going to crank everything up to a hundred percent, but we looked at it in a, in a reasonable fashion, I believe, as far as the example went. So, you know, um, let's just say people looked at it and then dialed it back a little bit more, even if that was what they thought that they would do in order to live, you know, the life, the way that they want to do it. Um, and, and look at the impact and where they would stand doing it that way. Well, I mean, you're still coming out ahead, right? Like there's well, with, obvious benefits to the slightest uh, investment into this. With, with, the, with the scenario that we just went through, we've got a net worth improvement of 1.57 million at 6% investment growth. If I put 5%, I want to be extra cautious. My investments are only going to do 5%, which is very conservative. That 1.57 net worth improvement, um, goes to 1.257. Right. What if my investments only do 4%? Okay, $1 million. As opposed to zero. As opposed to zero. Yes. So thank you for sharing all of this. I think it is really important for us to get it out there. And I mean, uh, people can probably obviously tell, I I certainly... uh, (laughs) uh have a have a not the greatest grasp on this but uh you came around you came around rob i'm interested to learn more that's for sure and uh everyone else who's interested in learning like what is what should they do next um well firstly i'm a big advocate of of personal development and education as regards finances if we don't understand if we don't learn we're not we don't stand a chance to get ahead in this difficult world so do your reading, uh, podcasts such as yours, everything you can to absorb financial information. Uh, as regards the Smith Maneuver, uh, firstly, go to smithman.net and buy the book. Secondly, if you don't want to buy the book, go to the library. Check it out at the library. But read it and see if it's for you. And if it is for you, if you would like to, to dive deeper, uh, we've got the Smithman uh, calculator that we just went through uh, on, the, on the website as well, smithman.net. Um, and you can play around with your own numbers. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're setting up the Smith Maneuver Certified Professional Accreditation Program across Canada. So right now I've got realtors, mortgage brokers, investment advisors, uh, mortgage conveyancers, insurance agents, uh, and accountants who are applying for the program um, to become certified. They go through um, a certification program, they write a test, and then uh, they've earned the right to call themselves Smith Mover Certified Professionals, and then they can go out and market themselves as such to their clients, um, existing and potential. Uh, it's very valuable, this, this designation, I think, for a lot of different financial professionals. If you take a mortgage broker, for example, now he's, uh, he's certified, he's got a Rolodex of 300, 400 clients, and he'll be able to go through this and say, oh, okay, Bill and Mary, Ted and Jane, all these people will have at least 
20% equity in their home, which will be able to refinance into a readvanceable mortgage. So he's got the opportunity to, to educate maybe 40, 50, 60, 70% of his client base on the strategy with, with my help, you know, seminars and stuff like that. Um, and boom, he's helped all these Canadians uh, start to get on the path to uh, increase financial independence. And he's done a whole ton of, of mortgages. <laughs> uh, last thing, last question here. Mm. <laughs> uh, what about getting this uh, into uh, mandatory school criteria? <laughs> um, this actually was uh, taught at Camosun College out here in Victoria. Um, I only learned this recently uh, that there was a course there on the Smith Maneuver, which I found very interesting. Uh, but I am a big believer, uh, as, as I just mentioned, and I think it's a fantastic suggestion, that I would love to one day have this in, um, if not high school, grade 10, 11, 12, maybe it's too early for that, but at least um, some component, educational component in uh, community colleges, uh, universities, that sort of thing, because our kids are not taught about debt. They're not taught about credit. They're not taught about investing, personal finance. And they lead, this leads to, to uh, some pretty bad places for a lot of people. So financial education in general, this in particular, um, I would love to be involved in some educational programs, formalized educational programs. Yeah, that would be, I think that would be very beneficial for everybody. Okay, so you, one more time, where should they go to learn more about this? www.smithman.net, S-M-I-T-H-M-A-N.net. There's the book, there's the calculator, there's a homeowner's course that's uh, coming out in a month or so, uh, which goes into the, the strategy much more in depth than just the book does. Um, and you can also find information on, on if you're a financial professional, how to apply to become a Smith Mover certified professional, uh, or if you're a homeowner, how to find one in your area. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again for sharing all this. Like, I think that there's going to be a bunch of people that really are eager to learn more about it. And uh, so we appreciate you coming on today. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? 289-389-6846 or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. You can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, everyone.